Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. I'm Derek Sparks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Welcome back, bosses. This is Sam Marks sitting in Barcelona. We are bringing you episode 260, 260. I'm with Derek across the big pond, sitting in California. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing good, Sam. This is the first day that it has not rained in California in two weeks, which is wild because we're not used to all this this wet stuff going on here. I, I read it in my newsfeed as well today. That's like bizarre rainy weather. And my parents were just out there and they were complaining about the rain, which is, you know, it's unheard of. So how are you enjoying it? Because when it rains here in Barcelona, it's actually really nice because it's so different. You hear like the rain and it it's calming in a way. It, it was like that the first two or three days. And then when you get to like day 16, it's like, okay, I know what it's like to live in Seattle now. Oh gosh. Derek was writing me before this, this episode, before we were connecting on it. Uh, and he was fighting traffic to get to the off to his new office. And I was just thinking, man, it's so nice not to have a car and just walk everywhere as I'm doing in Barcelona. Never have to fight traffic. As someone who just had to spend more money than he wanted to on a new car, I can attest to that. Um, unfortunately, that's not reality for me and not for most Americans either. So I guess I'm stuck with the car and driving. But I did see something interesting on the way, Sam. They're doing a lot of... Uh, testing on these driverless vehicles, you know, the uh, Waymo, uh, Uber, whatever, all these companies Mm -hmm. that are doing this. And I was like, you know what? I was kind of against all this before, but now I'm like, if they can drive even a 10th better than any person in LA, we have the worst drivers in America. I've seen some terrible ones in other countries, but in America, I'm going to say LA is the worst drivers. And if you can get Mm -hmm. everything to sync up some, uh, synonymous where they can all drive together, they're not looking at their phones, they're paying attention. Like we would solve traffic overnight. Well, also you, you free yourself up to do something more enjoyable than driving and thinking about the asshole in front of you and behind you. I could be recording a podcast while I'm in traffic. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) I had seen something years ago that said once we go to autonomous cars, cars will be will be designed the way that carriages used to be back in the day, like hundreds of years, a couple hundred years ago, where all the seats face each other in, in old carriages, you know, remember like, you know, out west. <laughs> yeah. So you could be like you might be facing backwards, but in the front seat, um, lounged out doing whatever you want to do. It's actually quite pleasant. As much as I love to drive, I could get down with that now because I've sat in enough traffic for a lifetime, I think. Why would anyone be against it? Who wants to? <laughs> At least in the city. I mean, out in the country, do whatever you want to do. But if you're in the city, let's let's yeah. get it done. As much as Americans love their cars, there's a lot of hatred towards a certain sport. Um, I'm kind of, I, w- I was one of these. I'm slowly turning over. We're not big fans of soccer here in the U.S., which brings me to yeah. our guest that we're going to talk about, who actually created a whole new sport that is based on soccer, but it, it basically revs it up for us uh, stupid Americans that don't have an attention span. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's been studies on, on it. I'm sure there has been why soccer is not that popular uh, in the USA. But I think the cooler part of this episode is that we're going to dive into the world of creating a sport, which is a very rare thing. Like, have you ever even, what, what's the only sport that has been created since we've been adults, XFL, that I can think of? Yeah. Or it's more like digitally based, like these, you know, playing like video games yeah. type thing. But as far as like a physical whole new sport, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of anything, at least nothing that's really. I got on the radar and made some money, which is the goal of Omega Ball. I guess XFL is not even really a new sport. It's just football with slightly altered rules. Yeah, and some uh, some new technologies, which, funny enough, NFL has actually picked up on and utilized. So it, it actually ended up being good for the sport of the NFL. <laughs> a while ago, it must have been like five or ten years ago, maybe longer, there was like the lingerie football league, right? Where oh, they had I forgot all about and that. <laughs> playing. That was cool for like three months and then it fizzled. Oh, you could not do that in 2022 or 2023. I should say now <laughs> over in here in Europe, I'm not sure if it's gotten to the States yet, but the major trend 
is called paddle. Are you familiar with that? Is it like pickleball type thing? I think it's the same thing. Okay, yeah. Pickleball's really taken off here too. Yeah, it's the same thing. Tom Brady just invested in a, in a team uh, here too. They're trying to start a league for that as well. There you go. I'm not sure if it's actually a new, if that's a new sport or if it's just something that's always been around that is just growing in popularity. Yeah, I, th I think it's been around. It's just it's just started taking off. I started seeing it on like TV shows and it's like there must be like some secret agenda of like, like big pickleball trying to put it out in the atmosphere. But this this Omega Ball, what we're going to be talking about this week, is a brand new sport, completely invented, augmented off the rule set of soccer, but much more dynamic. And Derek, I think this is going to be your first interview live in your new podcast studio, right? Yeah, I was actually able to get our guest, Anthony Dittman. He's the creator and founder of Omega Ball in studio. He was, he's, I, I believe he lives in, in down in San Diego, but he was in town for the college football national championship game, which ended up being a dud of a game. It was 65 to seven. So maybe he has a point here that we, there is space for a new sport. I'm looking forward to hearing this, especially the business side. I, I think of when, when I, when I think of technology and I have an idea, I'm able to kind of run with that idea because I know how to build websites and build technology and things like that. But when it comes to sports, if I had an idea for a sport, the idea would immediately just die because I wouldn't have any idea about how to get that sport going. So many questions. I'm sure you've got some great, great ones lined up between yourself and the Patreon. So I'm looking forward to the interview. Yeah, there's so much potential here between licensing deals, broadcast deals. We're going to break it down with Anthony. Uh, once again, his name is Anthony Dittman. He's the founder and creator of Omega Ball. Let's check out the interview. Back here on Invest Like a Boss, I got a special in-studio guest. I'm talking to Anthony Dittman. He has founded a brand new sport, not just a brand new league, a whole new sport called Omega Ball. Anthony, thanks for coming in. Appreciate yeah, it. glad to be here on a rainy day in LA. Yeah, pouring rain out here, which we're not used to. Anyways, let's get to what we're talking about. You're actually in town for the college football championship game. Um, that kind of alludes to your background. So I want to hear about what got you to this point to creating a new sport and your experience in the sports industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, starting from the beginning quickly, I'm a native Californian, uh, grew up in NorCal, went to San Diego State University, coming out of San Diego State, um, worked with the X Games on, on, nice. on the event staff. Immediately from there, I worked at the San Diego Chargers for a year. When the offseason came after summer, fall, and, and into winter, I just realized that probably wasn't right for me. Sure. But the offseason at, uh, at the NFL was pretty boring. <laughs> um, got a job, a full-time job at the X Games. Uh, went back to them. Uh, so I worked at the X Games for 15 years. So producing televised sporting events was the, the bulk of my career and really laid a, an incredible foundation to sit in, the, not only be out producing these events all over the world, which was fantastic, but to sit in the production meetings and really understand mm -hmm. the philosophy behind what we're putting on air, why we're putting it on air, when we're putting it on air. So you're essentially coming from the broadcast side of things. Um, is X Games ESPN, right? Yeah, yeah okay. well, they actually just sold was. it, interestingly okay. enough. But I was on the event side, but yeah. producing the event, it was such a huge event. We had 1,500 staff on it. People don't realize how That's big, crazy, big yeah. it was at that time. You had to sit in all these meetings and really decide what the schedule is to understand how we were going to produce the event on the ground. So I was director of operations for X Games and event director for events in Aspen, LA, Barcelona, and Tina, France. That is super awesome. So what got you to the point to say, you know what, I think I can do this and create a new sport. Did, did the idea for the sport come first or did the idea to branch off on your own and create your own uh, league? No, this, this was all entirely by accident. So <laughs> in 2013, I left X Games. In 2015, I started my own event production company, which is why we're in LA, because sure. we're, we're still helping ESPN on my, my day job, I'll call it. <laughs> uh, but Omega Ball started because I was um, working with an old colleague of mine from ESPN, went to the NFL Network. He was hired by Don Yee, who's Tom Brady's agent, to start an upstart American Football League. So this sure. actually started from American football Okay. and a conversation around that. I went to an investor to see if he was interested in investing in, in Jamie's League and another old colleague of mine from ESPN. And over the course of the conversation, he said, Anthony, I just don't think American football is the future sport in America. I think soccer is. So I hung up the phone with him and I said, I like soccer, <laughs> but I'm not fanatical about it like, right. I, like I am college football or some of the other American sports. Why am I not fanatical about it? And the first response in my head was offsides. I hate offsides. <laughs> so I, I just continued to think about it. And I thought maybe if the field was in the round and it wasn't a rectangle, re a rectangle with that linear nature 
that you could use the full field. And, and I, I felt almost in my own naivete around the offsides rule, which I barely understand. I think nobody truly understands right. it to its core. I thought if it was just more circular motion, would it negate the offsides rule? So I drew the field in the circle. I put two goals on it, and it actually looked a little awkward around the sure. field with two goals. So maybe we add a third goal when it makes it feel a little bit more symmetrical as it relates to a circle. And I looked at it, and I was like, baseball, you can't play with three teams. American football, you can't play with three teams. I can't think I, of you, any other sport where you play with three teams. So I, this is really interesting. Yeah, soccer, you actually could play it with three teams. So before we get into the specific rules of Omega Ball, what, what is kind of your 60-second elevator pitch to anyone that's never heard of this at all? You say, hey, I founded this sport, Omega Ball. What do you tell them? Yeah, it's this fantastic, dynamic, action-packed new sport. It's three teams on the field, which really no other sport has. We've got three goals. You defend one. You can score on two. There's no offsides, right? <laughs> uh, we continue to refine. It's in the round. It's uh, You can get two Omega Ball fields and one traditional soccer field purposely so that we are taking advantage of the real estate most uh, in the most effective nature. Um, there's no throw-ins. Nothing exciting ever happens from a throw-in, right? <laughs> so uh, it's all goal kicks or air quotes with corner kicks. It's one hour long. So a lot of the research today shows that kids 18 to 34 demo does not want to watch a three and a half hour football game anymore. Right. They want to watch the highlights. So what we did was they want to we, see the TikTok version. Yeah. We, <laughs> we created a, a game that's action packed is 10 times more scoring than traditional soccer. And it's in one hour also purposely for TV because that's really easy to program. A one hour game really fits into a 24 hour yeah. slot easily. So we really took advantage of all these factors that we know are appealing, especially to a younger demographic and then inserted it into this game. And there's a, a play, a vulture play, which I'll, I'll talk about what that is part of the three team dynamic, but sure. that's going to go outside the 60 seconds. But the last <laughs> thing I'll say is the gamification of this has got huge opportunity, whether it's wagering or video games. And lastly, uh, we're growing both genders equally, men and women from the beginning as it relates to opportunity and compensation. Both those genders are, are having equal time on the field. And, and we're really excited about that. And I think from the American aspect of that, maybe women's soccer is more popular than men's soccer in the United States. Yeah, the, the most viewed soccer game in the U.S. was the Japan-USA women's um, national team game. Yeah, so I think there's definitely a market there. And I'm a huge American football fan. So I, I do see where uh, you said Tom Brady's agent. And I'm sorry, I forget the other person you referenced said that, you know, I don't I don't see an American uh, football system working. And we've seen that already. We, we had the uh, XFL has failed twice now, supposedly coming back again. We'll see if the third time around will happen. Um, I think recently the AAF, uh, AAFL, COVID, yep, yep. COVID kind of killed that. Yeah. And it's just tough to go against someone like the NFL. No, 100%. And it was uh, Jamie who was hired by by uh, Tom Brady's agent to run okay. that that new league, which I, I think they would have had some success if they had gotten investment. They just didn't because they had it organized a little differently. But um, certainly, uh, to your point, there's been upstart leagues. I mean, we're going to find out in a few weeks about the XFL, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, and as an, as an American who loves his American football, and I know there's a lot of people like me out there that are just not that into soccer, I think the, the part that you said that, you know, there's not enough goal scoring, I'll tell you the World Cup. They said this was the most goals I think scored ever in a World Cup, and it was still ridiculously low. If you think about the action side of it, yeah, so, so to make this more exciting is, I think that's what you need. Yeah, and that's that's what we gravitated to. Some games in the World Cup, there was a half of football that was played of soccer, yeah, um, where there wasn't a shot on that goal. Yeah, that's like. Not even a shot. In, in an NFL game, last night there was an NFL game on. The score was like 9-3 to three at halftime. And I go, this is so boring. And there was actually some scoring. But if, if I watch half a soccer game and I was just like, nothing's happened, I don't know. That's kind of a tune-out factor for me, at least. But maybe it's just our, our low attention spans in America. Yeah, certainly that's the case. But that's what we're really trying to address. And and to go back to the, the vulture play, which is an interest, interesting dynamic, is... If team A is trying to score on team B, team C can come in, steal the ball from team A, and actually score that goal. Right. So you got you can potentially score on two of the three goals, obviously not yeah. your own, but right. the other two are fair game for, yeah, for but, any team. Yeah, but there's this whole new dynamic where there's two teams advancing. So if the, the one of the teams that's advancing steals it from the other team and, and scores that goal, we call that a vulture play, which, of course, could be another proposition for gambling. Sure. And, and we've seen vulture defenses where team A is in the lead, Team B is close to it. Team B is about to score on Team C's goal, goal, but 
Team A defends, Team C's goal because they don't want Team B to score. So there's, yeah, it's almost like a little mastermind game yeah, of, yeah. of so it's more it's a lot of mental in there too. I like yeah. That. So there's uh, I think a lot of new sports may not have the, uh, the the emotional or mental or strategy applied to it. There's huge strategies in this game that don't that don't even apply in regular soccer. So we're really and excited I think about the sport's that. so new that you're gonna find people kind of maybe figuring out a way to mentally figure out, you know, different strategies to win and get competitive advantages. Like you're seeing in other sports, it just evolves and takes time. And I think that that's really exciting to see a new sport where everyone just has, is on the same playing field essentially right now. And they have to figure it out. Yeah. So that's the 2022 was the first time we actually played official games. We did three matches and for the first two matches, we didn't even have teams that had played before. Yeah. The first match, obviously they hadn't second match. They had the third match. Finally, we had returning teams, and and you could see the difference. It was pretty cool. So before we get into specifics of what's going on in Omega Ball, why did you pick um, a a sport that's based on a previous sport like soccer? You, you use the same size ball, I believe, um, same equipment, um, similar rules, but obviously the field is different. Why not just create a, an entire new sport no one's ever seen before? Yeah, so, I, and I don't know if I clarified this before, but the field is round. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think we mentioned that to the listeners, but... Uh, you know, like I said, it was an accident. We were talking about soccer and it was what, what, why don't I love soccer? I like soccer. Why don't I love it? So that's where it gravitated to. I had no intention of starting a new sport. Yeah. This is total luck. If I didn't have, if Jamie Heeman wasn't trying to start a pro, uh, an upstart American football league. And if I didn't go ask Bob Funk who, and, and this is part of the story too, in Oklahoma city, what he, if he wanted to invest in it, this Never would have happened. It just never would have entered my mind. So it was definitely luck. It was happenstance. And to that point, Bob, who said he thinks American football is is not the future soccer, uh-huh. is he owns Energy FC, which is a USL okay. team, which for our international listeners is the second tier to MLS in America. He owns a team. Of course, he thinks soccer is the future. He owns a team. I <laughs> knew he owned a minor league yeah. hockey team. I didn't know he owned a minor league soccer team at the time. But that gave me the ability to go back to Bob a few weeks later, he thought I was crazy. He tried to talk me out of it. Sure. But ultimately, he's like, all right, Anthony, come down. I'll give you my facility. I'll give you my players. Uh, I'll give you my coaches. So I rolled into Oklahoma City. They had already drawn out the field. We got those USL players on the field. Pros, they've been playing yeah. for decades. And they loved it. That's like, cool. They came off sweating. They were chatting about it. They had a great time. So that was our first testament. And that was way back in 2020 when that happened. Cool. That's a good test to, to know that you have a product that could potentially work. So... I have to assume that anyone that has stumbled onto a mega ball is already a fan of soccer. So how do you plan on bringing in fans that just aren't into soccer at all in the first place? Well, we, we were a little cautious about bringing in uh, soccer fans. We thought that there may be some some haters. Oh, so maybe there. some opposite reactions. Yeah. So, yeah like, and, what is this game? <laughs> yeah, like, wh- why are you killing the beautiful game? Sure. And and we don't want to kill the beautiful game. We don't want to cannibalize it. I view this as a supplemental yeah, to soccer. Yeah, it's, it's additive. We've, we've always felt that way. It's certainly to the entire ecosystem of soccer and the athletes that are out there that just want to play. That All that being said, we've seen a ton of interest from people that don't even like sports. Okay. So we've we've been at the events we've been to, people have come up to us and they're like, I don't even like to watch sports, but I would watch this. Yeah. So is there any any uh, recurring theme that you've heard from people saying why they would like it and, and they're not necessarily sports fans? It, it's kind of can't look away. Sure. Sports like American football. If you analyze how much play is actually during the hour of gameplay, it's like. There's actually more replays and officials. I've noticed that a lot when I've I've been listening to radio, um, football on the radio, because I've been busy driving around. And I'm like, there's a commercial every like three minutes. I don't notice it as much on TV, but on radio, I was like, wow, there's yeah, so many commercials. The, the, the breaks and then the the replays for, for fouls. That too. Oh. Uh, is, is pretty extensive. So we are nonstop, can't look away action because the ball returns like basketball. Is the clock consistently running? The clock the, never the stops. Clock, the clock counts down from 13 minutes. It's three 13 minute periods. Okay. The teams ro- rotate each period. Uh, the clock goes consistently, uh, barring some gross uh, need for a timeout it stops for the last two minutes of the game just so there's not time wasting for the winner but other than that it, it goes and the ball comes back in like basketball so in traditional soccer if you score there's celebration it goes back out to the sure. center circle it's, it's like 90 <laughs> seconds the the goalkeeper pushes the ball right back out after a score right no and, time yeah to... so it's five seconds it, it's so action-packed that there's no uh no reason to get distracted 
I like that a lot. So I went to a scrimmage of Omega Ball, I guess a couple months ago. And I will say it's, I think it's the only sport I've ever seen where if your seats get worse, the view gets better because the way the field is laid out, I went to the top of the stands and I go, I want to sit up here and watch it because I can see everything going on um, the higher up you are. It's very interesting. Yeah. For the TV productions that we've been doing, the drone shot is, is yeah, you had the drone flying around too. I go, that's got to look awesome on TV. Yeah. We just had one of our uh, drone shots hit a million views on TikTok. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, we'll put the links to the, the website to check it out. But the layout of the field is, I, you know what? There's no other fields that are circles either. I'm thinking any other sport that I can really think of. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably something. And there, yeah. there's a sport that has four teams. It's it's uh, I can't even remember the name of it. So there's some versions of this, but we've really honed in on this. And in fact, after we got pretty deep into this, because um, I, I did not play soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, I played in second and third grade, right? So, yeah, yeah, same. But um, it turns out they actually do soccer drills with three teams. Okay. It, all, all the teams do it. And it's like their favorite drill. Yeah. Um, but I, being away from soccer, I think if I had played soccer for 15 years, I probably would not have thought of this. I would have been too ingrained in, sure. in what it is. But turns out there's a soccer drill or the U3 team. <laughs> Very cool. Um, you brought it up uh, a minute ago that uh, one of the USL leagues, which is kind of second tier to in the US, at least for professional teams, uh, MLS would be the top tier. I've been to an MLS match. So fun. The, the fans are just insane. It was a LAFC game. And they're just chanting and cheering the whole time. And I think if you could lock in those fans, you have such potential. But have you got any feedback from these leagues kind of saying, you know, get out of here. We don't we don't want to we don't want you messing with our league. Kind of uh, all of the NFL doing what they've done to these other leagues in the past. Yeah, nothing specific. We we haven't truly engaged them uh, just under the assumption and the knowledge that their players are under contract for, mm-hmm. for the year, essentially. So it's gotta be exclusive to any type of sport. I'm yeah, sure that's so, deeply locked in. So we yeah. can't share their players. Um, they're actively, whether it's MLS, USL, or some of the independent leagues that are out there, which are, there's dozens. Um, they're, they're trying to grow us soccer. They're they're Why get involved with this distraction? And, and we understand that. Yep. Um, we did reach out to an independent league, and that, and that was their response. And at first, I was like, damn it, I want somebody to give me a testimonial that this is a, a good idea. Yeah. But, but their response is, look, we're trying to grow soccer. I think at the stage you're in, it, it makes sense for them to kind of just leave it alone for now. Yeah. But I think I think you guys can drop enough attention where they can see the benefit of it. Um, how have how have players actually found the sport? A lot of players have found it on on FS2. So our first airing was on FS2, which okay. I, I believe also is is some sort of record, if you will, that the first actual game ever played of Omega Ball was on a national broadcast. That's I, pretty I can't cool, think yeah. of any other sport that's <laughs> had that. But the, the three-team pitch really um, intrigued them. That FS2 airing was incredible. We got so much response. Also internationally, we've, we've gotten contacted from over a dozen countries that want to officially embrace Omega Ball. Some really rich uh, countries like Spain. Sure. Like we're, we're about to sign with Spain. We're about to sign with Uruguay to... That's what I was just about to ask you. Are you exclusively in the U.S. right now um, in an expansion plan? So Spain, Uruguay. Yeah, yeah. And Brazil, we're talking to Argentina and some other countries in Europe. So, And are these are these broadcast deals or are these? No, these are people that saw the broadcast on, on FS2 and then we were on ESPN2 in August. So the same thing happened again. But they just, it's kids over there that have sure. seen it. So the younger demographic is really gravitating to this. And the coaches of the younger demographic see this and go, oh, my kids would like to play this. So yep. that, that's been hugely beneficial. It's just those broadcasts that we've been on. Of course, we have our website. And we did just sign a contract with USSSA, which is United States Specialty Sports Association. They're the biggest multi-sport recreational organizer in the U.S. Okay. So they also saw it on FS2. One of their uh, executives was on the treadmill in the gym, saw it up on the screen, contacted us. These guys have great jobs. They can just go watch sports all day. And be like, oh, that's a good idea. I should reach out to these guys. <laughs> exactly. They, they were <laughs> Which studying. you already have that job, I guess. It, so. <laughs> it was research. Um, so we, we signed that deal, and they're going to offer it to their 4 million members across the U.S. So our first USSA event, which is recreational, competitive youth, kids, we didn't even really... My core group is trying to grow the pro level where we hope to have uh, an actual league in 2024. U, U came in. They're like, we'll, we'll run this for you. And that'll be a, a revenue generator for us immediately this year. And this is such an easy barrier to entry for kids, especially like lower income kids. Because I know um, I'm originally from Minnesota. A lot of people played hockey. 
you, I mean, you're spending 10, 20 grand a year on your kid to play hockey. Like you got to get the gear. You're going to tournaments every weekend. Uh, American football, the same thing. You need Lacrosse, all that stuff. You need gear. Yeah. 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 Um, soccer, you need, you need a good pair of cleats, cleats yeah. and then they'll, they'll have a goal in the, in the grass. It yeah. seems pretty easy. Yeah. For us, we need the third goal, <laughs> yeah. which, but it, it is a lot easier, the barrier to entry and the size of the team. We, we didn't talk about this. There's five players on each team. Yep. One's a goalie, four in the field. Uh, that's a lot easier to assemble a team of five right. rather than a team of 11. Totally makes sense. Let's talk about the the business of sports because I don't think it's a topic we've touched too deeply on the podcast. So I'm glad you're here, especially with your background in all these major events that you've worked in as well. So I do have a question that since Omega Ball is a spin on a, a sport that already exists, have you had any issues with like copyrights, patents, the, the materials that you've used to create this game already exist? Is there any kind of pushback on that? Any kind of worry about someone stealing um, the Omega Ball ideas? No, and, and certainly a, a scenario where you've seen the XFL and the NFL could occur. We feel like we've planted our flag pretty uh, well already, uh, not only in the U.S., but around the world. Um, Omega Ball is trademarked. Uh, we're about to go through the Madrid protocol for all the international countries. Um, we've already initiated that, so we're, we're ahead of the game there. But the size of the field, if you go much smaller, it's going to be too small. Mm-hmm. And you can't go any bigger because we've already expanded it to the max size as it relates to the width of a normal soccer field. Yeah, because I'm guess i assuming a soccer field is twice as long as it is wide? Uh, a little bit. It's it's, 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 it's somewhere. It's, it's similar, uh, a little bit longer. But nonetheless, for you to manipulate, maybe you can make a hexagon, which sure. which I think there is an outfit in, in Europe. Let me write that down. That. Hexaball. <laughs> Hexaball. There you go. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it, certainly it could happen, but we've, everyone's contacted us. They really like what we're doing. We're also really trying to, where we're trying to get kids off the couch. Um, yeah. We're really excited about that. We're really excited about growing both genders equally, and we're really excited down the line. We're, we're going to be free to attend for a, a few years, but ultimately, if you have a paid ticket to come to an Omega Ball event and we're one hour long, you can watch a, a men's game and a women's game under the same ticket, which is great for sons and daughters of families that want to go to an event. You get to watch both genders play, and we're, we're excited about that. I think that's really cool, and not to be the guy that's like, kids are so lazy, blah, 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 but it's like all I see is kids are sitting on their phones playing video games, doing things like that. Like it seems like not as many kids are active anymore. Like even when I was a kid, you just, you just go outside and you're gone for the day. Like right. that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. We're at the, the amount of touches that happen in Omega ball is really intriguing to the yep. younger demographic. They love it. Even the goalies love it. Cause in regular soccer, you could daydream half the oh, game yeah. as a, as a goalie. You cannot daydream. In I, Omega I spent ball. a lot of time out in uh left field playing baseball, not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Counting the blades of grass. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you had alluded that, you know, there there is some income opportunities in Omega Ball. Are you generating an income yet? And uh, what are some of the, the main sources of income and how how is that produced? Sure. So we, we do have, uh, I'll call it a licensing deal for lack of a better term. It's it's a little bit different than that. So we've got the USSA um, component, which will help give us revenue from the recreational and competitive youth perspective. Uh, we're doing that with the international countries as well. So okay. we'll see that occurring uh, other than that, we're growing the pro league, which we're hoping to get a broadcast deal. We, like I said, we've already been on Fox and ESPN. We're still talking to those guys, but ultimately, a, a broadcast deal to support the the pro league. Uh, obviously, sponsorship comes along with that. The three events that we did last year, we got some sponsorship, but we're we're obviously still not in in the black at this point. Sure. And, and no one expects you to be either. Is is there a full like season laid out that you could pitch to a broadcast company and say, hey, we got we got a 10 game season, whatever it may be, or is it still just a lot of exhibi- exhibitions? And so this last year was essentially exhibitions, but they were uh, they were tournaments. So we'd actually have teams playing through sure. um, escalating into the, the championship game, which was great. This year, we've got it a little bit more organized. We're probably going to do about uh, a tournament a month from April till October. Uh, our first event is going to be April 7 and 8 in Omaha, Nebraska, tied into the USSA event. So USSA is going to have the kids playing, and then we'll be the the headliner, if you will, to that event with some of our pro games. And that's, that's, cool. that's the template. So we kind of create a, a festival atmosphere at this and some homegrown audience to watch the pros play. And then the national championship is already scheduled in Melbourne, Florida on, on the Space Coast, and that will be December 8th and through the 10th. So we've kind of bookended our, our season, our year, uh, if you will, 
Um, and we're just filling in in between. So we'll have about 10 events this year, which a broad, we don't have to be live at this point. Yeah. So the broadcaster could take the content and put it on air. 2024, we'd like to have more of a, a season developed. So that's our uh, our plan at that point with, with consistent teams because uh, we talked about wagering mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. But in order to have that component, which is very interesting in Omega Ball, uh, we, we have to have consistent teams with consistent coaches and consistent players. And, and we're just not there yet, but we will. So what do you, what do you have to have happen in 2023 to really say, you know, we have a chance at, at making this work and, and scaling it a lot further. Is there one major hurdle that you need to cross investment? <laughs> I need money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we are. Come on bosses, step it up here. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're out right now in a seed round for two and a half million dollars. So that, that would definitely help push this along, uh, particularly with the income that we'll get from the USA deal. Um, and then We'll just continue. We're, we're going to be very smart about this. Uh, again, taking our backgrounds into account, which Jamie Heeman, who was involved in this initial conversation, is actually on our board. And he's our strategic advisor. He was a VP of business affairs at the NFL Network for, for eight years after ESPN. So we got and we got the USL guys, Energy FC, who have run soccer teams on our staff. Um, and then, of course, my background. So we feel like we're set up well to run very efficiently and effectively. Once we get to the pro league, we're going to be very regionalized. We're not hopping on airplanes sure. to play our first games. We'll, yep. we'll hop on airplanes to play the championship, but it'll be very community-based going into to regions, going into states, going into a, a championship. Divisions of sort, I guess. And yeah. then at the end, the national one, they can all come together in a central location. Yeah, exactly. But that, makes sense. that whole time we'll be gathering content and... It's really up to a, a broadcaster to tell us when to, do we want to be on in the summertime when there's not many other sports. Sure, we'll do that. Yeah, and in the in the broadcasting sense of things, is is it still makes sense to be on a traditional network like an ESPN, a Fox Sports, uh, something of that nature, or does it make sense to go on YouTube, a streaming platform, maybe a Twitch? I don't know, something like that. Um, are you seeing any potentials that maybe that's the way to go? Yeah, we we want to be on both. Um, just just like ESPN is doing Fox is the only one that doesn't have a, a streamer. They have Tubi, but it's it's an indirect relationship. Mm-hmm. But just like ESPN's on ESPN Plus and on uh, the national broadcast system that they're on, we, we want to be on both those scenarios. And we'll probably be exclusive to a national broadcaster as soon as we sign that deal. But as it relates to streaming, we'll go far and wide. And a lot of the international streamers that aren't even in the U.S. have reached out to us too. So we're working with a streamer in, in the U.K., Mm-hmm. And a couple other countries as well. I stream all the sports I watch. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't have any traditional cable packages or anything like that. Yeah. And I feel like anybody my age or younger, they don't even know how to how to get a cable package. They don't I have no interest in it. Yeah. So. The the sponsors are uh, uh, I shouldn't say the sponsors and and maybe some of the agencies yada 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 are a little archaic from that perspective. Sure. They, they feel and, and there's some. Uh, value to this, but are, if you're not big enough to be on a broadcaster, are you not big enough? Sure. You know? So that seems like such an old mindset, but it, it, it is. is still it it's is, still ingrained. Still around, in there. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned wagering a couple times, and I wanted one of our uh, patreons actually had a question. AJ, he wanted to know with legal sports betting going mainstream and growing rapidly in the United States, are you targeting an entrance into the market? You said some of the rules are already catered towards that. Any any criteria that you need to set up for the uh, these people in, essentially in Vegas, I enjoy sports betting, just just a little bit of money, a lot on football. So I actually, I really like the uh, kind of analytics of it and digging, it's, it's kind of like um, digging into the stats and seeing trends and things. I really enjoy that. So what particular rules are, are maybe potentially in place for uh, wagering on this? Yeah, nothing. Like if somebody wanted to put this up, they could. I, I would say they should be cautious about it because you don't want to come out of the gate and, and fail with, with bad data. So, and, and they also put themselves at risk for, for getting pounded by that bad data. Right. Like yeah. maybe somebody knows Get something. Get yourself they in don't. trouble. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, both sides can happen to the, uh, the better and the betty, but n- nonetheless, we, once we have the data to back it up, we'll, we'll be in that space. And we, there's no, um, application that we have to fill out. If, if Caesars wants to put a lineup on Omega ball, April 7th and 8th in Oman, Nebraska, they could. So there's 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 really no regulation to stop uh, these gambling sites from from doing this. Um, as far as your end, saying you can't shut it down, anything like that. No, we we. And would, I don't know why you would, but yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the the answer to that is we would have both parties would want to employ a third party. Yeah, like we we can't set the lines, and Caesars 
likely shouldn't set the lines. There's, there's usually a third party involved. So mm -hmm. uh, to do this officially and to do it smartly and safely, a, a third party would have to analyze the data and, and post those lines. Yes, this is going crazy. Um, it was really surprised me here in California. We had a couple measures to, to pass legalized gambling and, and they got it wasn't even close where they didn't pass. But I think it was very confusing the way they worded it. Because um, I think we're up to over half of the states in the U.S. now do allow some sort of legalized gambling. Yeah, I think those two propositions cannibalized each other. Yeah, the, the negative it's, it's campaigns. It's a very localized issue that people want to, if you're not in California, but it was very, yeah. very odd the way they pitched but it. But the politics are are the same everywhere where they have pitted negative campaigns against the two propositions that were trying to gain the, the um, ownership of gambling. And I think those negative campaigns uh, canceled each other out. Well, let's talk about hopefully a potentially safer bet, your actual investment in <laughs> Omega Ball. <laughs> Can you tell us what you've raised so far for Omega Ball and what's the amount you're looking for in, I think this is your C round, you said? Yeah, we had an initial investment of, of $200,000. And right now we're out to market in a seed round with convertible notes uh, for two and a half million. Are you actively seeking new investors um, or are you really keeping it in-house to people that know sports and, and can potentially help you with that? Or some people just want a hands-off person and say, write me a check. You trust us to do our job. Yeah, I think I'd lean towards the latter. But if somebody had a good idea, we'd certainly be open to it. Um, you know, good ideas are good ideas. I'm, I'm not my ego isn't so large that I'm going to be like, sure. that wasn't my idea. We're not doing it. But we we are taking money domestically. We, we're not in a position to take international money, but okay. we will take um, in in a certain chunk, uh, certainly to achieve that two and a half million dollar target. Um, what are the minimums to, to jump in on this? And do you have to be an accredited investor? Uh, you don't have to be an accredited investor and it would be a $250,000 minimum. Okay, great. Um, so do you have any uh, kind of information on the investment specifics that we can share with our bosses? Yeah, they, they can email me and I can pass along the deck. It's anthony at omegaball.com. Cool. I will put that in the show notes. Um, and as far as if maybe they're not ready to invest yet, but they want to learn more about Omega Ball, where can people go? Obviously, omegaball.com has a lot of great content. Anywhere else you want to send listeners to? Yeah, the YouTube channel is great. Uh, TikTok has been crushing it. It's been so cool to see those numbers uh, um, blow that just up. just at Omega Ball? Yep. Uh, just do a search for Omega Ball, it'll come up. Um, but it, it is at Omega Ball, and uh, the YouTube channel is great. All of our content is on the YouTube channel, and most of our content is on the website. But you'll see a lot more information about the the core of Omega Ball, obviously, on uh, OmegaBall.com. Awesome. I'm excited to see this grow and see where things go from here. Omega Ball, um, if you're just getting in the beginning, it's, it's going to be a cool story, I think, like five years from now, just saying. I talked to that guy that actually started that whole sport, and now look at it. So I I'm looking so. forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, Anthony. All right, Derek, I heard you attended an Omega Ball game. Is it a, it's a match or is it a game? This is where I get confused too because I uh, let's let's call it a match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was it was here in it was down where was it? Oh, it was at the uh, the Dignity Health Sports Center, which was where the uh, Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, used to play before the new amazing SoFi Stadium was finished. So it's also home of the LA Galaxy MLS soccer team. So mm. I think that venue holds like fifteen to twenty thousand people. But they were actually um, doing the Omega Ball event on an outs. It's a whole campus. There's like multiple fields, all types of things. So they were on some outside stands. I, I was glad I went in person because the field is, it's different. When you're when you're picturing something, I don't know, I guess you're just picturing a, a soccer field, a rectangular field. But when you see it in the round, it's, it's so much different. So I went in the stands at the bottom and you can see I was I didn't know what was going on I don't even know the, the rules of regular soccer <laughs> I've, gone, I've gone to soccer games and I'm like don't I don't touch know what's it with going your on hands. yeah exactly don't touch it that's all I know <laughs> and so for some reason when the clock hits zero the game keeps going and I don't know why I'm like the clock's at zero it should be done but anyways got it that is a weird one. I still don't understand yeah. <laughs> it's like the refs just eh, let's go a few more minutes and I'll call it when I feel like it but the field is very cool because I think I mentioned in the interview, the further you go up in the air, the better view you have. Because it's, it's almost like a helicopter or drone shot where you get mm -hmm. a, an aerial view of the field and you get to see everything that's going on. Because there is three mm -hmm. goals, essentially when there's two goals, you're, you know, you can keep an eye on one or the other. But when there's three, you really got to pay attention and see like where you're focusing your attention on because 
these teams can score on two of the three goals. So you're not forced to look at one or the other. It's like, where is this person going? And you got, it's a, it's a guessing game that really keeps you locked in and focused. So I thought that was really cool about it. Years ago, as the internet was emerging, I was thinking this is death of sports. Like sports is not, aren't going to be around in 20 years because a phone is way more entertaining than sitting down and watching a two hour major league baseball game. But that's not actually what's happened, right? Sports are are still growing in, in popularity and demand, but it does. The highest the highest rated TV shows in the United States, uh, the top 10 is all NFL games every week. So I think that's, it's the action games, right? It's gotta be right. like it, uh, hockey, basketball, football, I think are all growing in popularity. Baseball, I would be, I'm not sure. Baseball used to be America's game and it's very not anymore. The, I know the in-game attendance is way down. I'm not sure about mm -hmm. the broadcast rights because you still see these players getting, you know, nine-digit contracts. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure how the revenue side is looking, but I know as far as in-game attendance, baseball is way down. Yeah. Well, I got to believe in the future, it, trends like this will continue where like the action-packed stuff will continue to grow in popularity. Sports betting will continue to grow in popularity because it brings it brings excitement to it to an otherwise maybe mediocrely appealing game to watch but it seems like omega ball is taking what is so popular around the rest of the world and adding a much more like d dynamic spin to it which is also great for like youth participation as well yeah and like i said it's super easy all you, all you need if your kid is to get a pair of cleats and you can play so yeah um i don't know if you know it sam but some of these sports now um i know someone that has a teenage daughter who's plays volleyball here in southern california i want to say two weekend two to three weekends a month they have to go to tournaments and i'm not just saying let's go 20 minutes down the road to a gym this is drive two hours and yeah. get there at like 7 a.m and then the parent just has to pay to even watch their kid play. And then you're not watching one or two games. And then you got the rest of your Sunday free. You're there <laughs> till like 6 p.m. You're there like 12 hours. It's a whole thing. Sometimes you even have to get hotels. Like, I don't understand how if, if I would have had to pitch that to my parents when I was in high school. Hey, we're just going to a Vegas for the weekend and you got to get us a hotel and we're going to be there the whole weekend. And, you know, Maybe we should fly there. <laughs> that would have never happened. Yeah, it becomes like a school tuition trying to fund your kids' sporting uh, events. And what if your kid's not even very good? But I was like, what am I wasting my money on this? Yeah, and imagine like playing ice hockey in most of the U.S. where it's like there's not ice. Right? Yeah, <laughs> That's you're in Florida and you're freezing your ass off in an arena. Yeah. <laughs> or poor parents have to go watch their kids play baseball and they just watch their kids in the outfield picking their butt and biting their teeth oh, that's ice. <laughs> for, for three hours. <laughs> Left field, right field, center field, it didn't matter. I was I was looking up at this guy. I'm like, oh, there's a ball coming. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I got my nervous habit of picking my nails that still can persist throughout my adult life. It was all because <laughs> of baseball too boring but this is one hour they're running around the whole time and then you're done i I, th I think it's i think it's a good play and you you have to lock the kids in there's no there's no one like us sam that's over 30 and is like hey i think i want to check out a new sport it's 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 a tougher sell maybe pickleball an easier version there you go. <laughs> of something else like tennis great sport but too technical you don't play for a year like you lose it all yeah but paddleball you never have to have swung a tennis racket or had any training at all. You can pick up a paddleball or pickleball, pickleball, and you can go out and, and be competitive in like a day. Totally. There's like 60 year olds that play it. Like I got little courts right outside by the beach by me and there's, there's old guys just getting after it in there. Getting um, after it. Oh, by the way, I, I, I did figure out a new, uh, figure out a sport that has a circle field, if you want to call did it. Did you? Okay. I couldn't think of any yeah. offhand wrestling oh okay like old school like like high school college wrestling yeah 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 <laughs> that's the only one i could think of though but uh, how much money is that made like nothing i don't think <laughs> i don't think it, it i think it's only for the for high school college and the olympics i don't think there's any money at all to be made yeah so uh maybe another way that i i should have asked him more on he had kind of subtly mentioned it is like video games like creating you know like the fifa game from uh, electronic arts is huge like multi-billion dollar game so i think the video game aspect of this being in a circle you can score on any goals i think would be really cool or like a vr type game for this would be cool too oh, yeah i feel like it would be intense you know that game that's like 
the old school, like the first video game ever that has the little bars on the left and right and the balls going in between. Yeah, it's just like but Pong it's or something, isn't it? Pong? Something. Yeah, yeah, pretty much Pong. It's like constant action. I think that's what like the video game of, of Omega Ball would be like. It'd just be constant, like bing, 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 yeah. bing, 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 bing. <laughs> and like if you turn your head away for a second, like you're just going to lose. So you gotta, you're got you forced yeah. to stay in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other two teams have, have collaborated against you. And I was a little, I was worried that he might be um, shying away from the wagering aspect, but he sounds like Anthony is like, whenever Vegas is ready, like he's ready for that. He's all in on, on the wagering part of it. That would be, that would be pretty exciting. Um, the business side of this and how it gets picked up is so interesting because the connection to broadcast media has got to be critical, right? Because that to me would be the hardest part. It's like, okay, go create a game in your backyard. Got it. Maybe you can get some people locally to play it. Maybe you can get some some school teams to play it and stuff. But like getting it to the next level where you have to engage in professional athletes and then get some type of broadcast media to pick it up, that to me is a massive gap that I wouldn't know how to how to bridge. But it seems like he has all the connections in the industry that he kind of went into this knowing, you know, basically with a roadmap that seems to have worked out. I'm I'm surprised with how far they've gotten on what seems to be you know, relatively little funding. I think it's all just leveraging contacts and experience that they already have. Yeah. And I didn't realize that there's like, I guess, licensing deals per se, that even if you just want to play that game in another country, there's organizations that will monetize that essentially for you that like, if you're playing Omega Ball or any other sport for that matter, there's some kind of organization that's regulating that and making sure that that it's played properly and that uh, whatever yeah. revenue is coming from that. I, I didn't even like think that just to set up a little high school game or whatever, like they owe some kind of funds to for that sport. Yeah, what about like kickball? When I used to live back in the States, that was like the big thing for adults to do like after work. Leagues, it was like, yeah. oh, we have a co-ed kickball thing. Is that like a... Does someone make a commission on that? There's got to be something out there. Or or the manufacturers of actual kickballs. Maybe a, it's like a royalty deal, something, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Man, if you, if you can get like a trademark or a copyright on something that becomes like globally recognized, yeah. it's, it's like the best asset in the world. Yeah, it's, it's just like easy passive income, <laughs> yeah. sweet royalty deal. <laughs> yeah, Like something like Mr. Wonderful would like go crazy over on Shark Tank, which I think yeah. this would be perfect for Shark Tank. They should have like an on-location Shark Tank where they like get on the field <laughs> and pitch it. Like it. Well, that was a cool interview, man. I think lining up m more interesting opportunities like this. I mean, that was so far out. Like creating a sport to me is is massively interesting. You see, You see like board games and card games occasionally come out. And they're so cool. And you're like, damn, that was a good idea. Like, right. like what was that, the one with um, Cards Against Humanity? Yeah, that was huge for a while, yeah. When that came out. Like, how much money was made off that? That's a good point. Yeah, I think I, I'm... I mentioned this with Johnny in last week's episode that last year was kind of a, a really big personal episode, especially, you know, Johnny had the whole Ukraine thing. That that took up a, a lot of time. And I, mm -hmm. I, I'm really excited to kind of get some off-the-wall ideas here because the market was going up for a while. Everything was good. It was like, do real estate, do index funds, do whatever it may be. It was an easy episode to do, but I think us jumping more out of the box for these new ideas to do something different is kind of a goal for 2023. And I'm excited. There's so many topics and I just get pitched so many just in my email that most of them I'm just mm -hmm. like are garbage. But sometimes you're like, oh, that's something different. <laughs> I want to I don't want to talk about real estate every week, you know? This this has spun some ideas. It'll be interesting to follow along the Omega Ball story and figure out we can do a follow-up episode and figure out once there's there's more money coming in, all the different revenue streams and how much the potential upside could be. Yeah. And obviously the the seed round that he's looking for, the investment is a pretty high level. And we knew that, you know, most of you bosses are out of this. But I thought the story was interesting enough to follow along that if you're that if you're into it you know, later down the road, I'm sure there will be other seed rounds that are probably more accessible to a lot of our bosses. But if if this is something that interests you at the level it is right now, you can check out omegaball.com and Anthony's email I will put in the show notes. So you can email him directly. He's got a whole uh, pitch kit that you can check out and learn more about Omega Ball. Have you checked out the TikTok yet? I haven't. I should because TikTok, uh, I started a TikTok just for like fun to post stuff, but I'm trying not to watch videos because every time I see someone watching TikTok, they're on it for an hour and I just, I can't, I can't suck Ooh, my life away on it. Exactly the reason I haven't downloaded TikTok <laughs> yet. <laughs> 
I struggle enough keeping Instagram off my phone. I like, I have it for three months and then I delete it for five months and then I have it back. But as soon as it's back on my phone, it's like three hours a day. Yeah. Instagram's probably like a top three app in my usage if you look at it, which even that though, the little experience I've I've gone on TikTok. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on this like way more than Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, it is a new year. Sam, I haven't talked to you yet in 2023. So there's some exciting announcements on the show. Recently, we have started a Discord on the Patreon. If you're a Patreon member at the $5 level, you'll continue to get the benefits that you already have. We've been posting at least once a week, if not two, three times a week between uh, myself, Sam and Johnny. Lots of good content in there. Sam and I recorded some bonus episodes. You can listen to Sam's not so fun second mushroom trip. <laughs> um, <laughs> and a new feature, if you're at the $10 level or above, is our Discord, which it's just launched. There's some people in there we've been talking. I like it because it gives us a chance just to be more casual with people that have quick questions. Whereas now, you know, you might have to email us and that email might get lost wherever. You can just send us a direct message and either myself, Sam or Johnny are going to get back to you right away. It's just a kind of a quick, cool chat function of it and a way for other bosses to share their ideas. We've, we found with Patreon that it's, it's tough to share things on your end. You know, we can share as much as we want, but as far as, as you wanting to share stuff with us, it was really difficult. And I think this discord helps solve that. I agree. It's been a great addition to 2023. Thanks for setting it up there. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, the community is still pretty small, but um, seeing other bosses on there and other ideas, these ideas that we get from you guys are stuff that just between the three of us, we it wouldn't even cross our minds. And I'm open to all this cool stuff. If someone would have said, hey, I know someone that created a new sport, I would have been all years. So, um, <laughs> or a new game, like Sam just said. If, if there's people like that out there that you know, um, hit us up on the Discord and we'll investigate it as much as possible. You can also stay up to, t up to date with all of Derek's new purchases, like his new car and oh all the maintenance God. headaches that he's going to endure. <laughs> uh, they're catching up because <laughs> the bills, the bills are stacking up. <laughs> the, uh, had my investments just kept going up and up and up. I'd be like, Oh, things are great. Now I'm like, Ooh, I got some real bills now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Derek, well, good interview with Anthony from Omega ball. I thought it was really interesting and, um, not sure if I'm going to pick up a, uh, learn how to kick a soccer ball anytime soon. But I love the I love the concept, and I like learning about how the business side of things can shape up with creating a new sport. Same, and I'm off to Vegas, so maybe I'll talk to some people at MGM and see if I can get them on the board. <laughs> see if you can get some free tickets uh, from Anthony to give out to some of maybe the local local games or something. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, keep an eye on Boss Lounge and Patreon. I'll give preference to Patreons if you guys want some tickets. I'll reach out to Anthony, and we'll make that happen for sure. All right, man. Catch all of you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment folios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week. You like things just so. So do we. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. We all have an inner perfectionist who deserves things done their way. Maybe you like to bank in person. Maybe you prefer to bank online. We get it. From banking to lending to wealth management, we're all about getting things done just the way you like them. We're the bank for that. Find out what banking designed for you is all about. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.